Calling All Cars, the copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. San Francisco Police calling all cars. Attention all cars. Investigate a bombing at the St. Stephen and Paul Church on Filbert Street. Get over there right away. That's all. Daring, fearless, up-and-coming men who do things invariably prefer Rio Grande class gasoline. Police officers, like those portrayed in the following drama, are of this type. Courageous, quick to make decisions, quick to act. When they get a call from headquarters, they have to jam down the throttle and go. More police officers use Rio Grande cracked gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. Los Angeles, Oakland, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many other cities and counties throughout California, Nevada, and Arizona choose Rio Grande cracked gasoline. And they chose Rio Grande cracked gasoline after official competitive tests. And now use it month after month in all police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment. Doesn't that mean something to you? Rio Grande cracked gasoline starts quicker, accelerates faster, and delivers far more power and speed because it is refined by the famous Sinclair cracking process. It is the only gasoline you can buy that is refined by this patented process. So, if you are the vigorous, hard-hitting type who likes to do things, fill up your tank with Rio Grande cracked gasoline and enjoy the satisfaction of police car performance. After this thrilling crime drama to be enacted immediately, you will hear another announcement that presents a worthwhile opportunity. Wait for it. Meanwhile, remember, for police car performance, use Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Take you now to our San Francisco studios, where you will hear Sheriff Hollenberry, San Francisco County. Sheriff Hollenberry. Good evening. It has almost been ten years since the bombing of the St. Peter's and Paul Church in the section of San Francisco known as Little Italy. Yet San Francisco has not forgotten the work of Chief Dan O'Brien and his men in bringing to an end the reign of terror that gripped the citizens of that district. Five different times the Phantom Bomber left his deadly package of dynamite on the steps of the church. Four times his attack was successful. What happened on his fifth visit will be told in a moment in the true dramatization you are about to hear. Before we return you to Los Angeles, however, I should like to say that we of San Francisco are proud of the crime prevention record we have and especially in the case of the St. Peter's and Paul bombing. The solution of that case was a fine piece of police work. It is a cold, rain-driven Saturday night in San Francisco. In Little Italy, there are no sounds of gaiety, no late parties, for tomorrow is the feast day of St. Francis de Sales. From somewhere deep in the interior of the church of St. Peter and Paul on Philbert Street, the deep tones of a clock strike eleven. 
Victor Graffero, the sexton, stands surveying the result of his effort toward decorating the altar. There is no sound other than the clock to disturb the peace and quiet of the moment. Then, suddenly... Then, as suddenly as it began, a deep silence. Guerrero, dazed and shaken by the explosion, slowly rises from the floor, stumbles to the back door, out onto the wet cobblestones of the alley. To him, it is altogether too clear what has happened. Someone has bombed his church. And as he stands there, the rain splattering down on his bare head, he breathes a quiet prayer of thanks for his escape. And in police headquarters, the scene is one of complete confusion. Hundreds of calls from terrified residents of the neighborhood pour in through the switchboard. CPI'd policemen snap into sudden action. Sirens screaming police cars roar to the scene of the explosion. But upon their arrival, detectives learn nothing that might lead to the bomber. There is no single clue that can be followed. All agree that it's the work of some madman, perhaps some religious fanatic, but nowhere is there a leader to be identified. And after weeks of inquiry, questioning of hundreds of suspicious characters found in the neighborhood, the investigation slowly cools off. The world forgets the bombing of the St. Peter and Paul Church. Peace and quiet is restored to the living. Four months later, 3.22 Sunday morning, with no warning, the mad bomber strikes again. And again, as on that wet easy four months before, terror strikes the heart of the delivery. The police are again requested to find the team responsible. And as before, there is no trace of him, nothing to work on. Five months later, another explosion rocked the district. And three months after that, another, and this time, more powerful and scared great tiger holes in the sidewalk. Tiger the great door to deliver. following morning, Chief of Police O'Brien summons ten of his most trusted detectives to his office. Men, I'm going to place you on a secret detail. You must tell absolutely no one what it is. Upon that one thing depends the success of the whole plan. Are you willing to be sworn into this trust? Good. Now, you're all familiar with the fact that the St. Peter's and Paul Church has been bombed four times in the last year. You also know that so far, in spite of all our inquiries... We have no suspect. In fact, we know just about as much as we did when it happened the first time. Now, the job I'm going to give you men is just this. Stop those bombings. We can't risk another one. How do we do it, Steve? I've explained the details to Captain Lane. He can pass them on to you and work out the assignment. 
Well, now, the plan depends, as Chief O'Brien said, primarily on the fact that no one knows about it. By that, I mean no one, and that doesn't exempt your wives. My wives, boys, that's going to be the hardest part of your job. <laughs> well, now to be serious, here's the idea. You ten men are going to be stationed at four different points in and near the church. You're going to take your posts, and you're going to stay there every night until you nab the fellow who's doing it. And if he doesn't show up? He will. There's no reason to suppose he'll stop until he's completed his mission, and that won't be until the church is in complete ruins. I don't think you'll have to wait very long for him, though. The time between each visit has been shorter. He's getting impatient. A good thing, incidentally, is liable to make him careless. I hope he doesn't get careless as one of those bombs. I understand they carry quite a wallop. <laughs> well, the idea is to get him before he gets you, which makes this job dangerous. So dangerous that I'm going to give every one of you a chance to pull out now with no hard feelings. How about it? Oh. Well, that settles it, then. Now, we have established four watching points. One in the apartment across from the church, commanding a view of the entire street. Another one in the upstairs window of the church. And one just inside the front door of the church. And the last, which will be the headquarters, is in the parish house next door. There will be telephone communication between each of these four points with the buzzer. Each station will have a buzzer number. And when you hear your number, you answer your phone. If you hear a buzzer that isn't your number, listen in any way and hear what's going on. Now, tonight you men will go to your posts. And from that time on until you catch the bomber, it's up to you. Are there any questions? Good. McInerney? Yes, sir. You can pass for a priest, so you let the boys in. Now, here's the key to the parish house. And tonight at midnight, you go through the front door of the church and let the boys in the back way. And then proceed directly to your various stations and keep your eyes open. I think that covers everything. Well, oh, uh, one thing I forgot. Joe Whistler. Yes, sir? I've got a special job for you and one that's right up your alley. Now, Chief O'Brien and I figured that the bomber didn't see any guard at the church. He gets suspicious and beat it. So you're going to be it. You're going to dress up in full uniform and parade up and down in front. Then why the rest of the boys? And I'm getting to that. <laughs> you won't be a very efficient guard. In fact, you'll be the sort of a guard that the chief here would break if he saw you. Uh-huh. I think I began to understand. Your main function will be to parade up and down for a couple of hours each night and then get tired or something and apparently sneak away for a nap. You think up some good gag to get out of the way. You've got a reputation on the boss for being a clown. Now, here's your chance to make some use of it. So don't let me down. Thus, at exactly 12 midnight the same evening, Detective McInerney slips silently into the church, makes his way to the extreme back, finds his companions waiting in the alleyway. All right, all right, boss. Come on. Now keep quiet. Have you got any kind of a light so we can see where we're going? Can't yeah. look You just have to be plenty careful and pick our way along the aisle here. I think I can lead the way. Well, I hope so. I can't see an inch in front of yeah, You and me both, Joe. The main thing is to watch for the pews along the aisle here. If you can sort of feel your way along without stumbling on them, you'll be all right. Everyone's in there. Can I shut the door? Yeah. And watch it doesn't squeak on it. That's it. No, that's all right. No one can hear that. Come on now, follow me. When we get to the front, we'll split into our stations. I'll lead on. Okay. We're with you. All right. Careful, lad. Careful, lad. Come on, quiet, quiet, boy. Take your time. All right, all right. Hold it. This is where we separate. You all know your stations? Yeah, sure we do. Good. Well, then you go through the store here and up the stairs. Windows right at the top of right. Uh, the lady, you and Tom, that door over there leads to the parish house. The priest will share the window. Good enough. Let's go, Tom. Ed, you and Grumminger here. There's one on the buzzer end of the door. Julie and I go up this way. 
soon as we get to our station, we'll buzz and check the horns. Okay, Larry. Keep those eyes peeled. Don't worry. I have any more desire to get blown out of here than you have. So long. See you in the morning, if everything goes well. Right. Come on, Larry. Yeah. Easy now. Just keep close to me. That's it. This is to be our happy little home, huh? And there's room in this one. Yeah, it's cramped, all right. Well, at least it'll keep us from getting sleepy at the wrong time. That's something. Yeah. You got to buzz the phone? Yeah, right now. I hope it works. Raymond, Station one. Hello, Joe. McInerney speaking. Just making a check on the phones. Hang up and see if you can hear the others as I ring them. Okay, Larry. Ring ahead. Maddie speaking, station two. Hello, to Maddie. I can only speaking. Testing the phone. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, fine. Clear as a bell. Good. Hang on and listen while I check the other stations. See if you can hear us. Right. What's that? The checking phones, that's all. Great idea. These phones make everything hunky dory. Yeah, as long as they work. Sure. Wait a minute, let me listen. Station three. I can only testing phone. Sounds fine here. Good. Keep the phone up. Okay, Larry. I can hear the others talking on the line. Anything down? No, just testing. Let us station four. Okay, Lennon. I can only testing the phone. Yeah, there's Lennon over four. Everything's fine here, Larry. Okay. Gonna ring off now. Keep your eyes open. Don't worry. If the rest of you stations can hear me check back as soon as I hang up. Start with one and follow in the miracle order. That's all. Keep your eyes in the street, Tom. I gotta check back with Larry as soon as station one is finished. Okay. There's Reminger up at one ring. I can only station five. Reminger at one checking back. Okay, Joe, that's all. Right. I'm gonna buzz Larry. So, one after another, the five stations check and recheck the elaborate phone communicative system. Find all in perfect working order. Settle down to the long vigil ahead of them. And in the street outside the church, Detective Joe Wixton paces slowly up and down to all observers and obviously tired guard not too enthusiastic over his job. What a job, walking around by myself like a night watchman. Hmm. One o'clock and all's well along the Sober Street front. What a life. Good evening, officer. Cold enough, are you? Yeah, plenty cold. You've certainly had a lonely job here. I don't envy you at all. All a part of the night's work, ma'am. I got to admit I've known better jobs. You walked in the church? Yes, and that's the main idea. But just between you and me and a lamppost, I don't see much sense to it. <clears throat> it seems to me there's a lot of sense to it, then. But with all the bombings and all that's been going on, about time the police did something about it. That's what the chief says. Maybe he's right. I still don't see the idea. <clears throat> well, come along, my dear. We can't stand here all night talking to an officer. Good night. Good night, ma'am. Night, sir. Good night. Hmm. Not a very conscientious officer, if you were to ask me. He didn't seem overly enthusiastic about his work, did he? That's the trouble with this police force. The men are lax, inefficient. Now, when I was in the army... Look back at that officer. Is that a flask? He's in his hand? What? By heavens, I believe it is. He's drinking from it. An officer on duty, openly drinking. Wow, I've never heard of anything so disgraceful in all my... Hmm, I have a good mind to report him. I think you'd be in the right, too, George. 
After all, we do pay taxes and things that go for the family. We do, we do indeed. Matter of fact, I not only have a mind to report him, I think I will. Come along, my dear. I just telephone from the first available place. Thus, so well does actor Detective Joe Wickstrom, with his coffee-filled flask, carry out his role of slipshod guard the very first night a complaint is phoned into headquarters. And so it goes, night after night of nerve-wracking watching, days spent at home sleeping. In the minds of each of the ten men, one single thought, get the bomber and end the vigil. But the night drag on, and no attempt is made to bomb the church. Six, seven... Eight, nine nights. Still no alarm to break the monotony of the ten weary men's vigil. It is the tenth evening of constant surveillance. In the apartment across from the church, Detective Sidney Du Bois and James and Ferry sit, staring into the empty street, lighting cigarettes one after the other, striving to keep alert. And, uh, ten nights of just sitting and staring out that window. Enough to try to guide screw. Oh, take it easy, Sid. We may be here for ten more, or even ten more after that. I hope not. It's getting so I imagine I see things out there on the street. My eyes are beginning to play tricks on You better see if you can't grab a snooze. I'll keep watching. No, 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 no. I'll be all right. Just a nerve jumping around in me. You got another to do? Sure. Help yourself, thanks. I'll get a light off this stuff. And I appeal, Sid. I'm getting jumpy myself lately. You know, I could have sworn I saw somebody over by the church door a few minutes back. And when I got ready to ask you to look at it, I couldn't see anything anymore. Gives you a funny feeling in your inside, huh? Mm, you should it. Makes you want to get up and yell all of a sudden. Only that wouldn't be such a good... What's the matter? Shh, wait a minute. See someone? I think so. Look down the street there. There's someone coming this way. Yeah. Keep your eye on it. I'm going to buzz back in. What's he doing? Still coming this way. Looks like he's carrying something under his coat. Thank you, Suspicious character approaching church. Be on your guard. Right. Keep him He's heading across the street for the church. Watch it, Harry. He's heading for the front door. Where are they? Can't blame from here yet. Refugee speaking. Station one. We're ready here. Good. He's out the steps. Okay, Sorry. I can see him now. I've got a gun on him. Shall we left out and nab him? No. When will we see what he does? He, he's going up the steps. You'd better nab him before something happens. You'd better nab him. He said. Larry has a gun on him. But if he has a bomb there, he'll blow the boys to bits. He, he's liable to let it go when he's taking it. Easy, easy. Let's keep him on down. Looks like he's praying on something. Relax, boys. It's a false alarm. Yeah, there's a false alarm. Yeah. The guy's just kneeling there praying. Let me look. Stop for good. So the first activity in ten nights turns out to be no more than a devout Catholic stopping to offer his prayers. Nerves stretched to the breaking point suddenly ease off. Faces lose their mask-like expressions. Silence settles on the five stations once again. Days 
become weeks, weeks become months, and still the ten detectives stay at their posts. And as the weeks drag by and each man's heart of conviction becomes stronger, the phantom bomber has disappeared. If you ask me, the guy decided he'd done enough damage and left town. Maybe the phantom bomber's wires for the trap we've set. This business is getting on my nerves. Why don't we bring his bomb and get it over with? My eyes are playing tricks. I thought I saw something. It can't go on much longer. My wife's going to leave me if something doesn't happen soon. Thoughts running crazily through tired minds. Bodies aching from cramped positions. And still the endless watch continues. When... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this happened. In the apartment window across from the church, Tim Sarri and the boys listen to the ticking of a clock. Count the ticks as the minutes turn into hours. You awake, Sid? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I haven't moved for an hour. I was listening to the clock. I got it all figured out how many ticks there are to an hour. You're going to figure out how many there are in a 12-hour day, man. Yeah, that is if you don't go back first. All right. How much is 12 times 7,200? I wouldn't know, Sid. <laughs> I never was much of arithmetic. Well, that's how many ticks there are to a day, if I can multiply that far. Hey, why don't you give the clock up in favor of the spots on the wallpaper? I've counted them five times now, and I get a different answer every time. Why don't we give this old thing up and start living normal lives again? That's simple. Because we stay here until we get our bomber, friend. Any more questions? Mm, seriously, no, Jimmy. How long do you think this thing is going to last? I can't answer that one. In fact, I've tried not to think about it. It doesn't do any good. If only, if only something would happen... I think I'd even welcome a bomb at this point. Oh, no, thanks. Not for this one. I've seen what bombs do to people who get in their way. You know, they don't leave much to take home to Mother. Well, I've seen the result of bombs, too. Not very pleasant when you come to think about it. Well, I remember once when I was over on... That's us. Station three. Cemetery speaking. You're on the street, Jimmy. There's two men coming this way from Powell Street. They'll be able to spot them in a minute. Okay. A couple of birds coming this way. Stand by. Right. You on the line, Larry? Sure thing. Keep me posted. Uh, I can't see them yet. Wait a minute. Yeah, now I can. One of them's carrying something. Yeah, I can see it. Hey, Larry. Yeah? They're right below me now, and they stopped. Looks like they're talking together. One of them's starting across the street for the church. Stand by, Larry. One of them's heading for the steps. He's got something under his arm. Watch him, Jimmy. If he starts running, let him have it. Right. He's starting up the steps now. Okay. I see him now. Stand by, Grevenger. All stations ready to attack. Slowly, the man in the street starts up the 13 concrete steps. Unaware, the three pairs of eyes glued on him from the church windows of the two pairs from across the street. Slowly, cautiously, the dark figure edges on deep into the shadows of the church portal. Then, suddenly, he stops, casts a quick look around then stoops and places a bundle on the concrete. With amazing speed, he strikes a match, applies it to a fuse sticking out of the mysterious bundle, and simultaneously, back in the race, goes over the window above, marks the sudden command. Stand where you are! That's got him. Come on, get out of here, Coffin. Come on. We've got to get that palm before it goes off. The fuse is almost gone. I'll get that. Hey, don't get it. Come on! Hold 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 on! Hold
get the bomb, Joe? Yeah, just in time, too. Look, good Lord. An inch more, and we've been blasted off the earth. Yeah, then some. Let's go and see that fellow the manager's wings. He's lying in the gutter across the street. Okay. Nice work, boys. You made short work of that other bird. You said if they make him. This one's still kicking, though. Well, what was the idea of bombing the church, buddy? I lost to do with it. Nothing to do with it at all. Then what are you doing with that other bird inside the bomb? I was not with him. God sent me here to the church. I have nothing to do with it. He's just crazy alone. I'll get him anyway. I'll get him. Right. Well, it looks like we put an end to our bombing, then. Yeah. I don't mind, Jimmy. I'm not sorry about it. I guess every one of us feels the same way. But there's one thing about it. In spite of the long wait, it was worth it, worth every second of it, to get rid of the bomber and put an end to this reign of terror. I, for one, say thank the Lord it's over. And I, for one, will now go home and introduce myself to my wife. take you once more to our northern studios, where you will hear District Attorney Matthew Brady of San Francisco County. Mr. Brady. Thus, the apprehension, trial, and sentencing of the Phantom Bomber were dispensed with in a few seconds by San Francisco police, without further cost to the county. The bullet-riddled corpse was identified as that of G. Ricky, a religious fanatic. His accomplice, the man across the street, died from his wounds a few weeks later, and the police records were closed. The ten detectives whose daring solved the bombings were each given two weeks' vacation by the police commission and a gold badge for distinctive service by Mayor Roth. Once again, the faithful congregation of the Church of Saints Peter and Paul began to climb the 13 steps to worship without fear. Thank you, Mr. Brady. Perhaps these police dramas affect you as they affect this listener who recently wrote in. So many calling all cars programs, but now every time I hear a siren, either on the air or on the street, I say to myself, there goes some police car performance. <laughs> I said it jokingly at first. Then I thought Rio Grande cracked gasoline myself. Now I'm serious when I say it is absolutely everything you claim it is. No wonder the police cars use it. Every time you hear a siren, a fire engine, or an ambulance, let it remind you, too, that there goes some police car performance. And that you can have the very same performance in your car by driving into the Rio Grande Independent Service Station just down the street. There you can get the same Rio Grande cracked gasoline that powers more police cars and other emergency equipment wherever it is sold than any other brand. Your Rio Grande dealer will also give you free a toy police money with your change, which you can trade for junior police badges, handcuffs, fingerprinting sets, bracelets, G-man pistols, and other valuable gifts to make some boy or girl happy, and a full-fledged member of Rio Grande's junior police department. Ask for a copy of Calling All Cars News and learn all about it. This is the opportunity to make some youngster happy without it costing you a cent. As you get acquainted with your Rio Grande dealer, you will discover that he also sells a motor oil as fine as you can buy anywhere on earth, Sinclair, Pennsylvania. It is thoroughly de-waxed and de-jellied in the world's largest refinery, located in the heart of the Bradford Allegheny Field, recognized as the source of the best 
the most expensive lubricating crude in Pennsylvania. Yet it costs you no more than motor oil refined from cheaper Pennsylvania crude. San Francisco Police calling all cars, attention all cars, cancellation broadcast 152 regarding the bombings in the St. Peter and Paul Church on Filbert Street. Suspect in this case killed while trying to escape. That's all. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsay, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.